This is Collector's Quest episode 71. On this episode, I discuss how to collect for a modern system and collecting sets and the pitfalls therein and some things to look out for when you are making lists and if you're going deep on something, this might be an episode for you. I do frame it in Harry Potter, so you are forewarned. And if you like what we do, the same plea I make to you every time I do a full episode is please just go to iTunes and give us a good rating. Let people know us about us, share us on social media. Many of you do this for us already, and I deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Welcome to Collector's Quest, episode 71. This was originally going to be a microcast, but I started to go long and I said, fine, you know what, I'm just going to make this a full episode. No big deal, even though I know I just said in the last episode, one of the episodes I did by myself was the worst episode we've ever done. So I don't learn, is what I'm telling you, and I'm calling this an episode and not a microcast, mainly because I didn't want to start breaking the rules on microcasts going over 15 minutes. So. The topic today is about collecting subsets and sets and how you go about the research for that. Now, don't lose sight of that because the topic is going to be mainly focused on a lens of Harry Potter because that's how I completed my subset. But don't let that throw you off. Take the advice that I give while while going through this Harry Potter set and then apply that to anything else you're going to collect as far as video games go so you know how to research, so you know how to find out if you want to go down these endeavors. This, this logic applies for subsets, full game sets, unexplored territories, especially if you're going in, in deep on something that people aren't really familiar with or isn't well published. Like, if you're the guy going after Engage, uh, be prepared to run into some of this. If you're the person who's really after all the 360 games and you don't understand why you're having so many fights and you can't find information, take this with you. Anyways, I just wanted to frame that up before people just went, Harry Potter, nerd, nerd, and then just ran away. Uh, you can still do that, and you can call me a nerd. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Totally fine. This begins because of a scavenger hunt I started for my wife on Easter. This was not this Easter. This was back in 2014. It was when the Pokemon uh, 3DS XL came out with Pikachu's face on it. Every year I, I like to do something weird for my wife for Easter because it's a weird holiday. You know, it's about rebirth and there's eggs and rabbits. It's a, it's a strange holiday. So I like to do uh, something different. This year I did uh, Pokemon. My wife had to catch them all, you know, so I made a Pokedex for her that had clues on specific Pokemons. They were hidden according by type. It was a whole big thing. Anyways, if she found all of them, she got the Pokemon 3DS XL, which she did not know I had because they were all sold out. But I found one, and that was it. This all came about because I was thinking about my wife's Pokemon game collection. She has every game in the main series, and while she likes games, 
she would never dream about collecting a full console set. And I don't think most people in video game collecting are, are looking to complete full system sets. And the reason for this is many. It's costly, it takes up a bunch of space, it means you're going to put games you never ever want to play in your system, just all kinds of trash on your shelves. And it's not practical. What reasonable collectors tend to do is go after subsets. These subsets can be almost anything. Particular publisher, a box type, a specific genre, a favorite game series, and so on. Like Pokemon. With this on my mind, I thought it would be fun for myself if I did a subset. So I picked Harry Potter. I haven't seen this done before, and I've never seen like a big Harry Potter display. You know, you've seen everybody's Mega Man display. So I was like, you know what? Screw it, I'm doing Harry Potter. No one's done that. Sure, not all the games are great, but I'm going to do it. Some of them are good. I love the Lego ones. and In fact, the first one is actually quite a good game if you've ever played it. It's kind of like Zelda, uh, Majora's Mask, and Ocarina of Time. So that's what I set out to do. When going for any kind of set or subset, you should begin with one question. How difficult is it to complete this set? Once you ask yourself that, you should ask, if it's difficult, why is it difficult? What are the barrier games, meaning what are the expensive ones, the hard-to-find ones? What is the, the size of the set? Is it big? Is that the, the hardest thing about it? Well, when I asked myself for the Harry Potter subset, I told myself, it really can't be that hard. There's seven books. There's eight movies. And I wasn't exactly wrong. I mean, but you don't know what you don't know. And I'll get into that. So it wasn't hard to get the set. It was 14 games. I would later find out that most of the portable games are vastly different than the console games. As many of the Harry Potter games are cross-platform, I also needed to pick a system. I said, hmm, as far as limiting myself on this, what do I want to do? Do I want to have system over system? Do I want to have some for the GameCube, some for the Game Boy, some over on Xbox? I wanted to streamline the set, and I said, okay, despite anything I already own, I'm going to go with PS2 and PS3 because I think this will get all the games without like any other crossover. It seemed like pretty good. I didn't cross-pollute. However, at the time, I did not realize that Harry Potter Connect was actually a physical game. I thought it was download only, and that's only available on the 360, so that's something I would have to reconcile later. Anyways, at this point, having narrowed the set down to just Sony, it made picking up all the games pretty easy. I already owned two of them, and getting the other... 11 because there's 14 but at the time I'm dealing with 13. It took me until May and I was starting this at the midpoint of April so this is at the very beginning of the May. 11 games no problem very little effort. At one of the local shops they also had two of the PSP games and I debated on those. I said you know what I'm just gonna get those now call them extra call it good I don't need to get everything. However picking up these PSP games turned out to be kind of a bad decision. I mean it depends. Uh, by the time I got home, my collector's brain and OCD was kicking into high gear, and I got very curious what other Harry Potter titles were on the PST, uh, PSP. So without really even pausing, I get home, put the games down, go immediately upstairs, get on the computer, and start research. And my research tells me this, that for the PSP, there are uh, a couple games. There's Goblet of Fire, Order of Phoenix, Half-Blood Print. There's Lego Harry Potter's years one through four and also Lego Harry Potter years 5 through 7. There's a Lego Harry Potter years 1 through 4 favorite edition, and the Vita only had one game, Lego Harry Potter years 5 through 7. So this is not a huge, and they seem pretty easy to find. 
The only difficult one was the LEGO Harry Potter favorites, which can only be found if it's new and sealed. Why? Because this is one of those stupid PSP games where they just stick a, a sticker on the cellophane and call it good. So if you opened it, it just becomes a standard LEGO Harry Potter PSP game. Despite that annoyance, I found most of them locally and for cheap, meaning under $10. The PSP Vita only had that one game, so I grabbed that too. And when I decided to do this set back in April, I picked the week of July 31st, Harry Potter's birthday, as I have already stated. This is when I was going to target the release of this set, take some pictures, write up my blog post, do all the stuff I normally do. It's only May 10th and I was done. With so much extra time on my hands, I, I said, you know what, I'm expanding the set. I'm including all of the games that came out on any PlayStation. I've already got the list, just going to go ahead and do this. The expansion only adds four games. Uh, it's two for the PS1, Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, and two PS2 titles that I had got PS3 versions, which were Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blade. So this isn't really that big of a leap, so I expand again. I say, you know what? I'm going to do all the variants as well. And this would bring box sets, greatest hits, and variants. So I'm covering the whole gambit here. The additions of these variants account for 15 more games, and now I'm identifying all these. The variants proved to be kind of challenging, uh, far more than the initial set of 14, and it really pushed me down the rabbit hole. I was in full research mode. I'm identifying all the Harry Potter games on all consoles now. I said, you know what? I'm already doing the research. I'm just going to find them all. There's no harm in just listing them. I told myself, no big deal to this. You don't have to buy them all. And here's a confession for you. If I make a list, pretty much is a surefire way to trick myself into buying games. I don't like to look at uncompleted lists. It is a punch right to my OCD and pretty much drives me to action. Creating the list for the Harry Potter game was harder than I anticipated. I've mostly collected for classic systems, so I assumed that modern games, well, I had to be dealing with known quantity. Probably good pictures, tons of information, and while that might be true for other things, it isn't the case for Harry Potter. Every time I was sure I had the list set, I would find another variant, or I would have to remove a game because that particular variant was never released. It might have been a European one that they said was coming to the U.S., didn't, or they just had it wrong to begin with. Proving the existence of variants is only half the battle, because once you find pictures of it and show it in someone's hand, purchasing it becomes a whole other step. So this is an uphill battle. Now I'm dealing with all of these games, and I'm fighting, and it takes me until about July. And the list is growing, and growing, and growing. And to this day, I'm still unsure about one variant. I keep looking. I'm not 100% convinced it doesn't exist, but I'm like 95%, but that's 5% of doubt. Before we go on, I know you guys are probably thinking, why is it a challenge to prove any of these Harry Potter discs? Don't think just about Harry Potter games, because this is a universal problem that if you are completing sets that are relatively unknown, you will run in. So, I know these aren't obscure. It's Harry Potter. It's one of the most well-known, well-loved series of all times. Games all probably sold a million copies, even if no one liked them. How can this possibly be hard? Oh, and now you have barcodes, and Google Images, and YouTube, and every unboxing video ever, plus all the old game forums, and... Basically, the whole weight of the internet, and that is true. All of these things are real, and I did utilize them. But the reality is that information on the internet 
isn't neatly organized until it is. What do I mean by that? It becomes organized. It becomes known when someone with a bit of gumption and reason takes action. It then requires that person, after taking action, to post that information publicly to be relatively easy to access and also to understand. And also they have to be a trusted source. So after this post, I, I doubt anyone will have, ever have difficulty identifying all the United and Canadian Harry Potter games ever again. I'm totally okay with that. This whole process has opened my eyes to the difficulty of collecting for a modern console. Here are some insights onto why this is difficult. Cross-platform. This is more of a volume problem, and this expands all the other problems we'll talk about. Barcode. Barcodes specify a product, but not always the variant of a product. For instance, Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban for the Xbox has a different skew on it than Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban Platinum Hits, and that's perfect. That's what you want. However, the Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban has a variant, which is the movie ticket cover, and it has the same skew as the regular cover, even though different items are packed in and the cover looks a little bit different. Minor variants, this has always been a problem, but now that tons of games are cross-platform, it becomes exponentially worse. Each company creates its own minor variants, several Harry Potter games, like I was talking about, include movie tickets, but this didn't happen on every console. That Prisoner of Azkaban that had a movie ticket? Well, GameCube got it for Goblet of Fire, and the Wii and the DS got it for Order of the Phoenix, but none of them got movie ticket variants at the same time or for the same game. So, what is the reasoning for that? I don't know. No one ever comes out and tells you. There's not like a press release, so it's all guessing. You would think in this day of information that some of that's passed down, no. Covers, and this is mainly a problem with uh, the LEGO Harry Potter games, years 1 through 4, because the game has the same cover for the standard version of the game and for a version with the inside. So there's also a version with a DVD that just comes like plasticed into the back of the case, like just wrapped in just a slipcase. You wouldn't know that these are different versions of the game or they were released by different retailers if you just saw the cover. And a lot of times on eBay, that's all you see. So you can't just see the front. You got to see those back photos. And this leads me into retailer exclusives. Target had different copies of Lego Harry Potter years one through four. They were different than all the other resellers. Theirs included DVDs from the get-go. This led to some strange things happening. Uh, one, for the PS3, they had a weird cardboard trifold packaging. The Xbox and the Wii ones, they had identical covers, but... There was a DVD tucked inside. There's also this weird thing that happens with Walmart where they got some Lego Heroica sets. And this is like kind of a Lego game, like board game style. But they had Lego Harry Potter years 5 through 7 packed in. And this happened twice. Why? I don't know. Just did. Also, with more games coming out and the border between Canada and the U.S. shrinking... The releases get a little muddied, especially since a lot of the Canadian releases wind up over here. So the U.S. titles, they all have their text in it, while Canadian releases usually have French text on the cover as well. For example, with Harry Potter, it will be Harry Potter in big English letters, and then Goblet of Fire underneath in smaller letters. But the Canadian version will have Goblet of Fire written again in French. But that's not always true. For some reason, the U.S. release of Order of the Phoenix for the Game Boy Advance and the DS version have French text and English text 
no matter what region. Another exception is Order of the Phoenix that contains the movie ticket, even if released in Canada, has no French text on it. Have fun figuring that. There's also the issue with the box sets. Same thing happens. You will see this apply across regions. It's not fun. And probably the enemy of all of us, stock photos. Stock photos are awful because it makes sellers lazy, but that's not it. That's not the only thing. Every game site, eBay, Amazon, Google, just littered with stock photos. Google images, I mean, it's like every other photo. This is the big one though, because stock photos exist for products that were never sold. So they did a mock-up, but you didn't know that they, they changed it, but they still have that stock photo out. Many versions have the same cover, but different backsides. But if you're using a stock photo, I have no idea. Some stock photos never look like any of the final products really. Bottom line, stock photos make finding out what you're buying a lot harder, especially given all the other problems we just talked about. Stock photos just piles on. It's just one more thing that you have to contend with. And that's true for lots of modern games. Have fun with that. What is the end result? The end result of this process is it took me three months to create a list I was happy with, and it's a list that will keep growing. The final tally stands at 105 games, and that is 15 individual titles and some other things. The first game, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for the PS1 and the Game Boy Color was released in the last quarter of 2001. The most recent game, and that's the Lego Harry Potter Collection, which combines years 1 through 4 and 5 through 7, was released just this October or, I'm sorry, October of 2016. Bonus items are also abundant now, which you can say combines the problem. I mean, these aren't necessary, but there's lots of little bonus things. There's accessory packs. There's promo download co codes. There's themed consoles. This list covers 14 systems. It has six special box sets, 25 versions of LEGO Harry Potter, and a bevy of portable games that are vastly different from their console counterparts. But they share the exact same title, even though the game entirely different. Might as well be different games. So, some odds and ends. I, I do have a checklist for all of this, if someone wants it. Like I said, if you're just applying this logic to modern consoles, you probably don't want this checklist. If it's a curiosity, just let me know, I'll give it. So, Harry Potter games on the Game Boy Color, GBA and DS, and the PS1 are different. They are totally different. Even though they all share the same title, they are different from the ones released on later consoles. So all those are different from the Xbox, GameCube, and PS2 and PS3 ones. They are different games. It'd be fair to call them different games and give them different titles. So you have to decide whether the title is the thing that makes the game different or if the actual contents of the game make that different. And that is something, again, with modern games, that, that's something that happened, especially in that PS2 and Xbox 360 era, where, you know, GBA and PSP had games that were definitely on other systems, kept the same title. What do you do with that? You decide. Uh, here's a fun note. The Harry Potter game, uh, the first one released on consoles was Chamber of Secrets, or consoles, not PS1. Chamber of Secrets in 2002 while the Game Boy Color, GBA, and PS1 got Sorcerer's Stone first. So, our Sorcerer's Stone came out second, which is why Chamber of Secrets has greatest hits over here, and Sorcerer's Stone doesn't. Uh, both of those games are pretty good, worth playing. They get much worse kind of after that. Just move on to the LEGO games and for the Harry Potter experience. We've also moved into the point of, what do you do with LEGO Dimensions? 
LEGO Dimensions are kind of like downloads and kind of like complete other games. The Fantastic Beast starter set for gives you the ability to play the Fantastic Beast. It opens a new world. It's not downloadable content, but it's not a physical disc or a cartridge, but it is game content. What do we call these toys to life that do something? There's not a good category. It's not the same thing as an amiibo, and it's not the same thing as a Skylander. So what do we do with LEGO Dimension? And there's a bunch of LEGO Dimension. So we've got a Harry Potter and a Lord Voldemort team pack, which will unlock the Wizarding World for you, the Harry Potter world. Hermione will also do, but this is content that these things specifically on. And Tina Goldstein, uh, she's an accessory to the Fantastic, also do. If they produce more of these, where do we go? Do we call these separate games? Are they promotional items? They're not promotional items. Are they accessories, though? What do we do with them? So it's very hard to classify. Here's some here's some funny stuff. Um, the Wii version of LEGO Harry Potter years 1 through 4 contained the Sorcerer's Stone DVD, but the Wii Can't Play DVDs, which I just I find really funny that they did that. The PS3 one had a Blu-ray. The Xbox 360 one had a DVD so you could play it. Poor Wii U, or poor Wii owners. Also, the Wii U did not get a Harry Potter game, so that was sad. Anyways, it's a full big list. There's lots of in and outs on this Harry Potter stuff. I mean, for 15 different titles, I have 105 different games. So that's crazy when you think about it, and that's largely a function of cross-platforming and where we are. Anyways, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you can apply it out. Let me end the show with how we normally do full episodes, and that's, what are you playing? What are you buying? I just beat Alan Wake and all the downloadable content for Alan Wake, including American Nightmares. So I just went through all of that. That was really good. I'd done most of it before, but I wanted to I wanted to get all the stuff this time. So that was a fun playthrough, not very long. And I'm currently playing Ghostbusters for the Xbox 360. Now that the Xbox One and the 360 are like most of the libraries backwards compatible now, it makes it super easy to go back to games. That was one of the things holding me back from from replaying some stuff. This is a good fix. I, I hope they kind of do something with the PS3 stuff because there's still a bunch of games there that I want to get back to. I just don't have room for 100 consoles. Anyways, uh, what I bought, you, you've seen everything I've bought. It's, it's DS stuff. DS, 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 and also some Turbo stuff that I'll show later. Anyways, thanks for listening. You can find me at Johnny underscore Ayuchi. On Instagram, you can find Cat at Catsylvania on Instagram, and we should be talking about whether we're going to do a new host soon, like maybe an episode or two. Maybe I'll do a whole microcast on just that. Unsure at this point, but yeah, that info is coming. Thanks a ton. Talk to you soon. Good night.